Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's time to get green. Doug Oster and Jessica Wallacer are here. All natural, no pesticides, no artificial ingredients. The Organic Gardeners are on KDKA Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Doug Oster, Jessica Wallister. Jug, of course, from EverybodyGardens.com. They're both from the Tribune Review. Tenth caller to begin the broadcast wins a $25 gift certificate to get out to Sorgles and at least think spring. So 412-922-1020 is the number to dial. And as always, all of our lines are open, but it gets busy halfway through this first half hour. So call now for all of your gardening questions at 866 866- Three nine one ten twenty dollar bank instant access kdkvideo.com and you can text us on the right automotive line the best deal in town here they are the dynamic duo of the garden world it's doug oster and jessica wallace good morning guys good morning i am doug oster from everybody gardens and the tribune review and i'm horticulturist jessica wallace we have a big thank you for our listeners we found out something that we didn't know we're the number one show on sunday mornings in the entire pittsburgh market yeah who? by like five times The five stations behind us, when you add up all their numbers, it doesn't get up to our numbers. So thank you so much for listening. We never knew. We just come in every Sunday morning and blah, blah, blah. And apparently you like it, which is great. You like it. Which is a great thing to hear. Yeah, it was really awesome to see. Yeah, it was. For the entire year and who knows how many years. Especially because it's 7 a.m. on a Sunday. I mean, that's the other pretty good. You know, you never know when you come here and you sit Mm -hmm. in the studio and we get to look at Rob's pretty face every Sunday morning and. You come in here and you never know who's out there listening. And apparently we have a lot of folks out there listening, which is... Thank you. You know, it makes you feel good about getting up so darn early on a Sunday morning for 13 years to come in here and do it. So thank you, everybody. Uh, I'm going to be at Sorgles Thursday, February 21st, 7 p.m. It's $5, but you get a coupon for Sorgles worth $5. Just go to sorgles.com or give them a call to register because you do have to register. And it's starting to get packed. 724 Nine three five two zero nine zero. That's seven two four nine three five two zero nine zero. I'm going to be talking all about getting seeds started. Ooh, that's good timing for it too. At the oh, end of February, man, you will be you. getting ready to go. Uh, just that little thaw. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? Uh, I also got an email from David Sorgles. They have um, high mowing seeds back. I saw that. I was actually there. They got high mowing, yeah. Lake Valley, and Renee's. Renee's. So lots of good stuff there. Three of my favorite seed catalogs, mm-hmm. and they got them all do they make big, low, giant racks. Do they make low-cut growing seeds? No. No, only high mowing. What, what does no that mean? What, I mean? High mowing. It's a, it's a seed company. It's in Vermont, Oh, I it's the name of the company. It's okay. the name of the seed company. They're called High Mowing Seeds, and they're organic. They're 100% organic, so they're all the seeds that they sell in that catalog. Like, you know, I love Johnny's catalog too, but they're not all organic. There's only a few in there that are labeled organic. And I think actually, if you're okay, I like to tell talk about the difference of what that means, an organic seed versus a non-organic seed. What would seed. you say if I would say, no, it's not I okay? I would say, well then, come on Facebook. I'll do a Facebook Live at the break over over this. So no, you can see teach there. us. Let us learn. <laughs> Smart Alec. 
Um, so yeah, so there there's a big difference. So a, a seed that's labeled organic and is uh, under the USDA certified organic label means that the plant from which those seeds were harvested were grown under the USDA organic standards. So use of chemical fertilizers, synthetic chemical pesticides, um, fungicides, they're all prohibited on any of the plants that those seeds were collected from. And they have to be organic. I think it's for three years prior to, um, you know, that field has to be organically grown before for three years prior to that harvest as well. So it's a bit, you might not think that, you know, it's that big of a deal because it's just a seed and you're going to be planting that seed and then growing it organically. But the truth is, you know, we want to try to, you know, eliminate the use of those synthetic chemicals in the environment across the board. We don't want it just to be in our own gardens. We want it to support these companies that grow the seeds and grow other crops that well that way as well. So it's important in my mind to buy organic seeds whenever possible. Also, there's lots of seeds out there that are coated with fungicides. Yeah, yeah. if you see a weird color when you open a seed, like I'm trying to think. Well, bean. sometimes they're pelletized and that can have a color on it. But if they have which that is okay. pink on them, is that the, that's the fungicide? Yeah, yeah. and it, that, that fungicide, whatever they use on that, I don't know if it's the same fungicide that they use on hyacinth bulbs, but I have a terrible allergic reaction to that. So I, I try to avoid getting seeds that are treated with fungicides at all. And High Mowing is a great company. That's one that it you is. turned me on to, you know, and, and they keep continue to grow. And like you said, if you want organic seeds, they're right there. You don't have to pick and choose. You right. know, it's all organic. Now, do you ever use pelletized seed? Like the seed no. that's coated in the little, what is it, clay that they put it no, around it? No, because I, you know, with, with anything like that, I want the carpet. I want the microgreens. Okay. So, so if it's a tiny seed, you just sow it thicker. Right. I just do a whole carpet and I thin three or four times, which I consider harvesting. Okay. And which I think is the opposite. I would think would be the opposite of what you would do because you're budget friendly budget conscious, should we say? And I would think you would want that seed packet to go farther. Well, along those lines, those seeds. Well, no, along those lines, in my research, I found that I get more doing it that way than actually making the full-size plant. Ah, because I can it's a four okay. four harvests and it's a lot of whatever it is, greens or lettuce or whatever it might be. So, so but you don't do that for like carrots. No, you no, they can't do it. No, properly. no, no. Okay. Carrots or beets. I'm actually uh, ordering my seeds now for the home and garden show when we're going to sell ah. seeds there. And I've got two uh, seed tapes because I've heard from them that seed tapes are becoming a big deal. So I got mm -hmm. beets. Well, tell people what seed tapes it's are. It's just like uh, the seeds are already spray spread out, spaced out correctly for you on like a piece of paper, already kind of glued on there or stuck on there or attached on there somehow and they just lay out the you have your whole row it's ready to go you put the seed tape in puts you know put it in some good compost cover it up a little bit and when they come up they'll be perfect perfectly spaced so that's important biodegradable the paper just kind of rots in place it's perfect for uh something like beets that are always going to be too close you know that would be a good video for you did you ever do that yet making your own seed tape no it's I haven't. pretty cool you use uh, like a one ply toilet paper and you you, and you can actually use Elmer's glue and tape them, you know, glue them down the length and then glue the, it's, it's for actually some reason, easy way. like when I see seed tape or especially the seed tape for me, it's just like, I, I just plant my old fashioned way. You know, I don't know, I'm, yeah. I'm just old and, and that's the way I've always done it. And 
I'd re- I like I like the thinning part. Mm-hmm. I really do. I, I like getting those uh, little plants out of there. That's part of the fun for me. But I can understand how if you don't want to, you just want to put that down, which is awesome. You got your seed tape, or I'd like the pelletized seed, where you you know lettuce is so hard to sow the right distance with pelletized. You know, like I said, that whatever it's, that clay is around it, and now you can space them out the way you want to space them. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners are on KDKA Radio. All right, listen, we're going to get back to Doug and Jess right now, but we invite you to phone in. Next hour, it's all Chuck, prime, rib, chicken, lamb, pork, your favorite roast recipes with Joe and Frank Dentisi. But right now, we're waiting for your gardening questions. Going to get busy, so grab one of these lines while they're there for you. 866-391-1020. Doug, Jess. So we want to talk a little bit about tools. Did we talk about cleaning and sharpening tools? We did a little bit last week. Yeah, well, we talked about sharpening. You really like the AccuSharp tool, and we talked about the linseed oil. Yeah, I have my grandparents' tools, and so I just want to get them in shape. Um, I do have a video out there of uh, that I did last year with Excella Health of getting yourself in shape, you know, stretching out and everything, get ready before you garden, because as the older you get, the harder it gets. You know how that is. You get that one big day in the garden that first day, and you're just like, oh. And, you know, usually for me, the hardest jobs in the garden come early in the season. So the giant pile of leaf mold gets dumped in the driveway and the big pile of mulch, and then it involves wheelbarrowing and shoveling for hours, and that tends to be the stuff that bothers my back the most, even more than bending over. Plus your... your Raring to go. Right, right. And you think, oh, I got this, right? right? And then you 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 bust it out the first day and then you're thinking, oh my goodness, what did I go and do? But when I uh, had back problems a couple of years ago and I went to see the chiropractor, I got one of those belts, right? Like the weight belt that you Velcro around your waist to help support your lower back. And I find that if I use that early in the spring, anytime I'm doing that shoveling and wheelbarrowing and spreading the mulch and things like that, if I have that in place while I'm doing that task... I'm usually good to go, but if I forget that mm. belt for a day and I don't have that support and I'm out shoveling and things, then I can I really can feel it. It's mm. amazing what a difference that that I, I don't it didn't cost me very much, but you know you see the guys at Home mm-hmm. Depot mm-hmm. wearing those all the time, um, and it really does make a difference. And in fact, I even talked my husband into getting one when he does heavy lifting stuff as well. So must be yeah. quite a scene the both of you guys were. I your know, belt. right? And then I, and it's funny because mine I try to hide under my shirt, right? Because <laughs> I don't want anybody to know that I'm wearing this lace belt. But it's got these big like you know Velcro pieces on the front, so you can totally see it under the t-shirt. But it makes me feel better at least to have it hidden a little bit. So. Have you been uh, poking around in the catalogs yet? You know what? I, I haven't. I, I finally finished the book manuscript I had due this week. So uh, I was I was a couple days late, but it was only because I had yeah, to put photos in. Why don't you tell us, in, actually, so. you want to talk about the two books? You have two books coming out. I do. And the one is up uh, for sale on Amazon now for Already? pre-sale. For pre-sale. It's coming out in June. Uh, and it's up uh, on pre-sale for Amazon. And it's The Gardener's Guide to Compact Plants. And it is all about plants and shrubs, trees, and perennials that are compact, either in height or in width. So for example, if you have a really tiny urban backyard and for you looking for a tree or an evergreen that's very narrow and fits into a very small space, maybe between your house and your neighbors, plants like that, but also compact, short-statured shrubs. So even things like viburnums and rhododendrons and um, hydrangeas that don't get much taller than three feet, four feet in height, and require zero pruning. And there's so many new 
compact plants coming out yeah, on the market. Yeah, that was the number one trend that when I went to the trade show in Baltimore. Yep. Smaller plants. Yep. And so that's what this is all about because people, you know, living in urban environments are growing in containers. They are downsizing, right? Or if they have a big giant house, it's nowadays on a little tiny lot, right? And the new places that are being built have a smaller lot. And so we want to care. We, we don't want to have to be beholden to going out and pruning our plants every single year to keep them you know, at a manageable size, these plants do it naturally. They're naturally more compact, um, either through classic plant breeding they're made or they're made because a grower or, um, uh, you know, somebody at a botanic garden notices in a population of plants that one is naturally shorter than all the rest. And then they select that one and then they can propagate it vegetatively. So it always has that trait. So it was really cool. It was a fun book to research. I got to talk to our good friend Maria Zampini quite a bit about what's going on in the um, breeding world with the plant breeding community to to try to develop these plants. And so, yeah, that book comes out in the middle of June, I think June 11th, but it's up for pre-sale. if it's coming out in June, how much work has to be done on it? Still? Is it all done? Well, you don't have to do anything? So or I have the like pa- they send stuff back and forth? How do oh, you, how there's lots of back and forth. So I have the page proofs right now. So you've we have... At this publisher, we do three rounds of page proofs where you get to look at the page printed out pages of the book three times and they make sure the photos are in place, the captions are right, all the text is right. Every like m- multiple people go through it with a fine tooth comb, and that's the stage we're at now. The last set of those, and once that's approved, then it goes to print and then it will be back and ready to be sold in the middle of June. So, that's but it's the, pre sale, that's up. the scary part, I think. What is? That proofing at the end like that. Oh, like, right. Because you want to find gonna, everything. Are you going to miss something? Yeah. Are you going to miss yeah. something? Well, you know what? Even with dozens of uh, sets of eyes on it, um, things still always get missed. And it you know, will be one misplaced word or a caption missing or something. But, you know, you catch that. And then in the next yeah, printing. second printing. Third sh- printing. Then fourth printing. Fifth right. printing. And hopefully we have, you know, millions of printings. Ha ha. Um, <laughs> so that's exciting, I, but I did finish another one too. So that was, that's a whole other ball game, which it's, it's a nice weight off the shoulder. That one's for when? That won't be for 2020. Okay. What's next? Movies? No, definitely no movies. Thank you. That's you. <laughs> <laughs> what was your video this week, by the way? Uh, oh, Gardening with Friends. It was the brand new Gardening with Friends. It's my new monthly series uh, where I'm going to go with a pro or a Joe and garden with them. And I was with uh, Noah from Sorgles teaching me pruning. And we had the best day because he has both his dogs with him, uh, Brew and Molly, in the field. It's just a good, you know, I call him a kid. He's an adult who's about to have a baby. Okay. But for me. Well, he's not having the baby, but right. yes. But for me being almost 60, I look at him as a kid. But uh-huh. He's an adult. But just, I learned so much from a guy who, who has to prune, you know, 10,000 trees. That's the guy you want to have tell, yes. you, tell you the difference between uh, a fruiting branch and one that doesn't and what should go and what should stay. It was really fun. It was, it's long. It's almost 10 minutes long, which is just crazy nowadays. It's like, who's going to watch that? But the thing got really good numbers. Uh, and it's just one of those kind of pieces that just will stay there so that if people have a question about fruit tree pruning, they can just go to it. Usually my videos are shorter, but I'm I'm really excited about that. I'm really excited about working with these people. I What I want to do is I want to go out and work like real work 
and see how long I basically just see how long I could last. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have a lot of friends that work in the business, and you know, you know how they work. You mm-hmm. you did it. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think I could handle a ten it at hour all. day at a nursery is really hard work. Well, let's not get carried away. <laughs> I don't want to do a ten hour video. You know, I figure you know an hour, well, no, then no. lunch, then you, you know, can do like little snippets. Maybe though, hide of each in the hour. back. Um, you know, hide out in the nursery. You know, <laughs> I'll, I'll be right there. Uh, lock yourself in the bathroom for a little while (laughs) my video won't be me working it'll be how to scam uh how to how to scam people out of uh doing work (laughs) right (laughs) i'm good at that got you well that's pretty cool though i like that uh pro or joe and where can people watch that video if they want to learn everybody gardens just go to everybody gardens everything's there everything that i do is there it's free and uh yeah, I got some good ones coming up, and I can't wait to get to the regular people too. I, I'm because re- you're going to learn a lot from them too. They everybody has their own thing that they obsess about or love. Uh, I've got a good fig one coming up. I'm an amazing fig one. They actually came like five years ago from this show. It was oh. a guy who called in, and I uh, asked the producer to you know keep the number, and we, we've been in touch. And now it's it's we're getting close to the point where we're going to be doing the story and. Uh, I'm very excited about that. Just these family connections with plants and other plant people, garden people. I just think it's going to be a lot of fun. And it's fun to stretch a little bit, do something different. You know, uh, this time of the year, they get the videos get hard to do. Mm-hmm. You know, like, what are you going to do a video on? You know, and I'm, I'm going to be thinking about that today <laughs> as I'm out of my kayak thinking, let's see, what can I film tomorrow? She'll be Making there. Making a seed tape. <laughs> Maybe. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, we've got some calls ready to talk to uh, Doug and Jess right after the break. Rich and Crafton and Dan in New Kensington. We'd love to hear from you. We we'll always have room for you. 866-391-1020. Dollar Bank Instant Access. KDKRadio.com. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners are on KDKA Radio. All right, listen, we're going to go to this right automotive text message line before we get to your phone calls because it's rather lengthy, and I just wanted this wonderful listener to know that we do appreciate all of you that text us via the right automotive line. I know he has. Poor Rich has been waiting and waiting and waiting. Rich, we'll get to you. Well, no, Dan's on. actually first. Oh, Dan? Yeah, Dan, Rich. Rich has to wait. No, Rich called back. Rich was on a long time, and then he called back. Yeah. Well, no. then we're we going to get to He probably had to take a restroom break. He was waiting yeah. for a while. We're going to get to Rich after I do this question. It's real quick. <laughs> Doug and Jess, want to make a sunflower garden this year. Um, any suggestions? Also, mulch in the front of my house. Lots of weeds. What do I do to get rid of that? So uh, please let me know. And should I wait to a particular time of year to do both? Well, for sunflowers... I guess I'm going to, you hear this from me a lot, but I'm going to add the uh, Mexican sunflower to the mix here because that's one of my favorite flowers. Uh, it's not a atypical sunflower. They're three-inch wide orange blossoms on six to 16-foot tall plants, but great pollinator plant. But, boy, there's a lot of cool sunflowers out there, uh, white ones, red ones, doubles. Uh, if you want it for pollinators... You know, you want a you want a normal, single, beautiful, big sunflower. Uh, but if you want a couple crazy ones too, that probably don't have. Like, like I was looking through the Lake Valley uh, seeds the other day, and they had a lot of sunflowers where they marked them. They don't have pollen, mm-hmm. so that you know. Yeah, the pollenless ones are good if you're going to grow them as cut flowers because they don't shed pollen on your table. But 
you want traditional sunflowers if you really want to help the pollinators. My advice for a sunflower garden is to sow the seeds directly in the garden in mid to late May. Um, you could start them inside in peat pots and stuff, but that's an awful lot of work. Sunflowers are super easy to grow by just planting the seeds in the ground. I love the branched varieties. Um, instead of just coming oh, up with a, a tall ton of stem, on, yeah, yeah, and one flower, you get multiple flowers, and you can cut them and take them inside, and they just produce a lot. And then as for the mulch, you got to weed it first, man. Don't throw. I know Doug has a different feeling on this, but he's wrong. I'm right. Ha ha. Um, you have to weed. <laughs> the bed fully before you put mulch down because otherwise the weeds are going to come right up through the mulch and then you're going to have to throw more mulch on top. So I thought you were going to do the newspaper barrier. That's what I was just going to say. Weed it. If you want an extra layer of protection after those weeds are pulled, put down about 10 sheets thick of uh, the matte newsprint. It can be color, but just don't use the shiny, glossy inserts. Anything that's matte. 10 sheets down and then put your mulch on top of that. And that's great for it. That's what I do in all my shrub beds because it really keeps the weeds. It's an extra little block and eventually the microbes in the soil will process down that um, that newspaper and you won't even know that it's there. But it's the best way for long-term weed control. Much better than that stupid fabric. Oh, yeah. That, that fabric, the fabric will, is awful. It's good for one year and then you know the seeds get on top of yeah. it and you'll be tearing the fabric out. You know, I always tell the story that, you know, who had my house before me put plastic everywhere Ooh. down. And I'm still, it's been 20 years, I'm still pulling so it out. finding plastic. Yeah. Okay. All right. Tenth caller wins a $25 gift certificate to Janoski's. Get ready for the big Valentine's Day buffet just a couple of days away. So if you are the tenth caller, you win that certificate, 412-922-1020. And here's Rich. Rich, how are you? Thanks for holding on. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Rob. I'm the guy that calls about the cooking all the time. Oh, okay. Hey, uh, morning, Doug and Jess. Good morning. Uh, Doug, do you remember a long time ago you came out to visit my dad in Bethel Park? He had all the tropical fruit trees from all around the world. I sure do. I know. I, in fact, every time I drive by there, when I'm heading down towards tracks, I think about him. Uh, and he always he discussed grafting, and I heard you talking about that. I was just curious, what fruit stock do they use to graft on? I was one. Uh, someone told me they use. Uh, Crab apple trees. I don't know if that's true or not. See, he always grafted on this old crappy apple tree, and I kept saying, get a new tree because they, they were always uh, wormy apples. But he always had different apples, but it was on a bad stock. I was just curious about that. Yeah, well, there, there are lots of different root stocks uh, that apples and other types of fruit trees, but apples in particular have a wide range of different root stocks that you can graft onto. And the, you choose the stock that you're going to graft onto based on the traits that you want the eventual plant to have. So if you want to graft for disease resistance, then you choose a particular stock for that. If you want to graft for dwarfism, you want you choose a particular stock for that. There is no stock that's going to keep the apples from being wormy, though, because that's something that they cannot innately pass between the rootstock and the and the scion or the, the shoot system of the plant. So yeah, he would always use the tree oil and all the other stuff to try yep yep so back on the worms and stuff yeah like a, but a dormant oil which is what i'm assuming you're talking about by tree oil that does not really help with the worms that would the worms come from either coddling moth or apple maggot flies and they are not Either one of them is pre neither one of them is prevented by the dormant oil sprays. There are actually pheromone traps that you can get to hang in the trees. So for uh, apple maggot flies would be it's a red sticky ball that you hang in the tree in early June 
and the adult flies are attracted to it and they get trapped on that in the sticky glue on it instead of laying eggs in the developing apples. And then there is a pheromone based trap that's sort of shaped like a triangle that you can get for the coddling moths that will attract the the moths, adult moths and get them stuck in there. And those are, if you just have just a few trees, they're the best way to control those. Okay, thank you. You uh, betcha. That was anything you couldn't grow was apples. Peaches, <laughs> apricots. A uh, uh, guy uh, used to, brother used to own a uh, winery down in South America, taught him how to prune the uh, their grapevines to get uh, triple the grape produce and everything. And uh, Yeah, I know he was, uh, really, he was really into it. And that's this was his sure. favorite year looking at the seed catalogs and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, there's so much to offer in all of them. And it, growing fruit is really, for me, it's really just an art, and it requires patience and experimentation. So I can tell from his dad and all the work that he put into growing fruit, I can tell what kind of guy he was, very patient. And I it mean, is hard it's work. Lo- and it's long-term results. Like, you don't plant an apple tree and have a perfect apple crop the next year. Like, you have to learn what works in your climate, what works for you, the best growing system. And I mean, thankfully, apples last for many, many years, so you have the opportunity to do that experimentation. But man, when you find something that works, you stick with it. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Congratulations to Bob the Onion Whisperer. The winner of the $25 oh, gift certificate. Oh, Bob, congratulations. The onion whisperer. Yep. I bet there's a good story to go with that. Oh, he get, grows good onions, I'll tell you that. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners are on KDKA Radio. Oh, yes, they are. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get to Mrs. Noel all in a minute, but Dan's been very patient out in New Kensington, so let's get to him first. Hey, Dan, welcome to KDKA Radio. Hello. My question is for Doug. Okay, what's up? Uh, I I know you like to uh, plant peas and stuff, but this is my first time doing it. I, right. I'd like to plant them along a chain link fence so they have a place to climb. Okay. And uh, somebody come in uh, beside my place and park the tractor trailer there. And it's blocking all my sun. <laughs> Oh, man. That's a conundrum. Yeah, that is a conundrum. You know. They really need about six need, hours yeah. of if full you, sun. you got to have to have five, six hours of full sun to get the peas to do what they're going to do. Uh, so you either got to ask the neighbor to move the truck or find a find new place. Find a new fence. Yeah. I actually put up a little section of box wire fence in my garden for my peas. It doesn't cost you know, very and, much. And but. I actually, in, over the years, I've had them growing up just like sticks and stuff. I like to do yeah. that too, you know. So there's other things that you might have to just change locations and, you know, grow them up. I, I always soak my peas overnight. That's the only seed that I do that with because, you know, it's cold, usually cold. And, uh, you know, I like to get started early. And um, that helps them germinate, you know. In the last five, six years, they've always germinated. So you soak them like eight hours and then plant them or yeah, longer yeah, than that about usually? Eight, about eight. Okay. Overnight. All right. They'll swell up to about three times their size and they're good to go. Time for Mrs. Know-it-all. She is our grower, horticulturalist, and our garden goddess. Denise, how are you this morning? I'm good. You know, I've enjoyed the past couple of days of sun and no snow and pretty much no rain. At least I haven't had any, and that's okay. But I wanted to tell people this coming Wednesday... 
I am doing my free Let's Talk About Gardening class that I do every year. And so what we do is I will talk about some things that are going on in the industry and people ask a question and that says, eh, somebody else goes, oh, that reminds me, I want to ask her about this. And so the evening is driven by questions and I'm going to have door prizes for people. So it's actually going to be in a new location this year. It is going to be at Prince of Peace Lutheran Church on uh, Old Clareton Road in Pleasant Hills, and it's going to start at 7 p.m., excuse me, and, you know, it's free. You know, they they are asking if you would like to make a free will donation to their ministry, but they're also going to have refreshments for you, something I never had. So if people want to come, you don't even have to register. Just show up. There's plenty of parking, and we always have a good time. You know, so bring your questions, your problems, your in a notebook to take notes if you like, and we'll have a good time. Excellent. And just mention one more time, that's Wednesday night? That is this Wednesday, February 13th at 7 p.m. at Prince of Peace Lutheran Church on Old Clareton Road in Pleasant Hills. You can't miss it. There's a stop sign and then the church right in front of you. I know the church well because I, I pass it when I get out, go out to Mrs. Noadal's and another friend's house. So I sounds hope like that's fun. a great success. Sounds like fun. Sounds like, and you know, refreshments, that never hurts either. <laughs> are you excited for the upcoming season or are you um, not ready yet no i'm definitely excited we're hoping to put in a new uh bed at our house a new garden bed i want to do a bed of um, native perennials and grasses and really have sort of like a a bigger section of nature habitat in the backyard we have we still have a lot of grass uh but i think as our sun is growing older we need less space for games of baseball and things like that in the backyard so i think we're going to get rid of a a bit of grass back there and put in a mixture of some native perennials flowering perennials and grasses and just really have a nice little space my witch hazel actually bloomed the deer got most of the buds but the witch hazel bloomed and it's really nice it's a purple one Ooh, fun i didn't even know what it was when i bought it but i wanted a witch hazel wow uh during that thaw it it started blooming it looks so nice it is such a great plant. It's, and I was just reading an article about uh, the astringent properties of witch hazel and how people take the blossoms and make tinctures out of them and do all this crazy stuff. I mean, a lot of people know witch hazel as as a medical thing and right. don't even know that it's a, a plant that blooms in the winter. Right. There are some that bloom in the fall. Uh, there's one that I've seen out in the parks, a yellow one that blooms in October, which is really nice. Yeah. It's a great plant, and it has great fall color, too. So it's not just those winter blooms that are interesting, but the fall color is really interesting. It's a nice plant throughout the summer, a nice, beautiful green, interesting bark. One of those plants that really gives you lots of interest. I'm also interested to see how my stewardia did over the winter. I, oh, yeah. I, why? No, nah, I just, it's the first year for it, so as long as it's in good shape, I'm excited to see it bloom. I hope I have it in the right spot. I think so. <laughs> it's just fun to put in stuff like you've always wanted you know, I've always wanted a stewardia, but I wonder, is it really tough enough to last? You know, I don't yeah, know. Mine didn't do we had ours for about three or four years and then it croaked. The one at the ones at uh in that walled garden at Mellon Park behind uh mm-hmm. Phipps Garden Center, those are looking great. Yep. Those all look great. So yep. I'm hoping I got it in kind of a protected spot and We'll see. You if never it takes know. and does well, it is just a beautiful. Talk about a tree with four seasons of interest. Yeah. Stewardia is it, and it's a small tree. Only gets to be about fifteen feet tall. Beautiful white blossoms, <laughs> kind of like look peony type esque. Mm-hmm. 
uh, exfoliated bark. Yeah. It's a multi-trunked tree usually. So it, it is a beautiful shape. And then in the fall, it is this beautiful, brilliant red color. And it's just lovely. So it's a great, great tree. Remember, the organic gardeners always aim to create a better place to garden. And a safer place to live. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.